so hello everyone welcome back to the video that makes us um we have a really 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 good episode for today i i honestly have forgot about this movie well i didn't forget about it i always knew it existed but until i saw it on netflix i like the nostalgia i don't even know if nostalgia is the word because it wasn't that long ago but for me it's been so long since i've seen this movie that it really and it's dope and that's so i'm just going the movie's called dope it came out in 2015 it was directed by rick I think Familia, starring Shamik Moore as Malcolm. And when I tell you this, this movie was, is really good. Like, I really ride hard for this movie because it was just that good, in my opinion. Like, I really, really enjoyed this movie for so many reasons, too. It's really such a good movie. So, we're going to get straight into that, and we're going to talk about the movie Dope. So, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, honestly, it's like, it's about geeks. So, it's about then literally they refer to themselves as geeks. You got Malcolm, Diggy, and Jib. Jib was I think a Hispanic guy. Diggy was this black, maybe mixed girl, and then you got Malcolm who was this black guy. And they all lived in Inglewood, California, and they grew up in the hood and they all went to um this low end school. They had metal detectors, that's that's how you know how that school be. But it's just they have they also like they also love pop nineties pop culture. 90s hip hop culture, 90s pop culture, they love it, love it all. And, um, I mean, he has the Fresh Prince high top fade, which, I mean, I remember when I was in middle school and going into high school, I rocked the high top fade as well. It's it's embarrassing, but, you know, it, it happened. I, I had it, um, I definitely had it because of Fresh Prince. Like, I remember watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which is, you know, it was a 90s show, and literally. I grew my hair out just so I can get the Will Smith high top fade. It did not look good on me. It, it did not good. But I kept it for like two years, two or three years because I really enjoyed that. So the first thing he talks about is his life living there. He doesn't complain about his life living there. He's he's aware that he's not living in the best conditions and he's okay. He's not necessarily okay with that, but he knows that that's that's what he's that's the reality. That's what he's living. But I think it's so many good things in this movie. So many. So he compares bullying to a bad day. So to some people, as he was talking about being bullied by the jocks or something, was a bad day to them. Versus to them, a bad day is you getting shot while trying to get some food at a restaurant. We're not even talking about it. He wasn't even talking about school. This man talking about being in a restaurant, minding your own business, and you just get shot, which was happened to one of their classmates. I'm just like, wow. Like... I mean, where I'm from, that doesn't really happen. But, like, you still hear about stuff like that to happen. It's just crazy to think about that things like that happen. And I think it's funny because they compare being bullied by jocks compa compared to being bullied by thugs. Completely different. You know, in, in most cliche high school movies, it's always the jocks. The, um, the athletes are the ones who's bullying the nerds or the geeks. But in this movie... I mean, there's jocks, but, like, there's also thugs. Like, he really pretty much went to an all-black school, except for an exception. And it's, it, it was ran by the thugs. It was ran by the, um, the street boys, who definitely was not fully gangbanging, but thought they thought they were gangbanging. And I just think that's so interesting that he compares it to, like, yeah, I know you think typically the nerds get bullied by jocks, but in this one, it's like thugs. Like, it's it's real. It's not some some high school cliche mess like 
they had real bullies who was doing real, like, literally taking this man's shoe, not asking for no lunch money. Nah, this man had the Jordan 3s on, the retro 3s. And he's like, yeah, come on off them for me. Go ahead, let me get them. And, uh, and this man had to run for his life with one shoe because he knew that them boys were going to take it every time. I, don't, I mean, honestly, I don't even know why he would wear his J's to school after them getting stolen so many times. But, hey, you know, if you got if you got the shoes, you might as well wear them. So, yeah, I, I really think that that's something that stood out to me and how they think that he's whitewashed. They think him and his friends is whitewashed, which is very funny because the name of their band, they have a band, Malcolm... Diggy and Jib, they have a band called the Oreos, Oreo, which a lot of people, um, a lot of black people who are considered whitewash get called Oreo because, you know, how Oreos are, you got this, the white, this white cream stuff in the middle and then you got the, the black, the dark cookies on the outside, so like, they made that reference and then that's what they named their band and that's, and that's really stands out to me because like, that happens a lot, like that really happens often, especially like, if you're black and you go to a PWI or if you go to HBCU, I've always known that that's like a big thing where you, where you go to college. If you go to HBCU or if you go to a PWI and you're black, they do consider people whitewashed uh, more. But I mean, I mean, honestly, it's still like the same as going PWI or um, going to HBCU. If you're black, you're black. Like that's how the world's going to see it. So that's why I've always noticed how when it being called an Oreo or whitewash, typically black people say that about other black people. I haven't really seen any other color or race call a black person an Oreo. Cause typically that's something that they say within each other. But they they, they mention that and you know in twenty fifteen that was a thing. I mean it's always been a thing, but I I think this it's important they emphasize it in that movie because that's how they're being perceived as just some nerds or geeks who who really ain't like thug like every if you're not thug like everyone else then what are you doing that's basically what they were trying to exemplify in um one of the scenes where they're talking about it and how the stuff that they are that they were interested in was associated as white stuff i noticed that because he had a list of like manga and some other pop culture stuff um that they were into that was all considered white stuff because the majority of the black people around there didn't really associate themselves with it and so that's when they had like their own group that's when they decided that they were going to do their own thing which I think is important like one thing I did like about this movie they stayed true to themselves they did not let the peer pressure of all of the mess all of the situations they were in they didn't let it get to them I mean yeah you see some character development you see some changes amongst them but they did not like they still stayed true to themselves like when people made fun of him for wearing his um 90s pop culture um, shirts he was always dressing like he was in the 90s and people always said something he still dressed like that to the, from the beginning of the movie to the end I mean that's just something that I really stand by is the fact that they stayed true to themselves throughout the entire movie despite what everyone said about them and that's something that's important um, so let's talk about ASAP Rocky I know that his part wasn't big in this movie but I've never seen ASAP Rocky um act before I never saw it and he did really good in my opinion playing Dom I think Ace Rocky he he did that role like it wasn't big but I think I think he played it really well I mean there's some uh Tiger was also in there for a few minutes maybe a few seconds actually but Ace Rocky is Dom I really like that 
I really like that. Did not know he was that good at acting. So the movie also starts off with Malcolm getting invited to a party. So they're literally leaving school. And one of the people, on the, the, the guys on the street, one of their goals is to try to steal the bikes from the kids. If they, they can't even go home at peace. I was like, dang, they really got it tough. They can't even go home. And so Malcolm actually gets invited over by Dom, you know, sends him to go talk to um, this girl. I think her name Nakia. Yeah, Nakia. To go talk to Nakia. Talking about, um, basically, he just sends him over to, to deliver a message to speak game. I mean, honestly. And Nakia, Nakia, mm, she, she was good. She knew what she was doing. She told him, like, be a man and come tell me whatever you got to say yourself. Don't send some little boy over here to, to spit your game to say what you want to say. Um, but he got invited to a party. Nakia did this. She, she knew what she was doing. She said she was not going to go to the party unless Malcolm went. I know they had to change Malcolm's life. The way that and it, the way that boy's fantasized over her after that, after um, meeting her, yeah. That, that seems typical. That, that 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 seems just about right. What he did afterwards justified, in my opinion, because like that really that really is how it be though. Like I like how they emphasize like how it, it really do be. How it really that's really what be going through people's mind um, through those times. And I mean, he's eighteen, uh, seventeen, eighteen, senior in high school. Yeah, Nakia, she she said, "Be a man. Tell him to be a man and come talk to me." And I ain't going to the party unless you go. Boom, opportunity right there. So, of course, you know, Dawn wants her at the party, so invites him to the party. And so much stuff happens in that party. Um, Zoe Kravitz, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. I might be mistaken, but she did pretty good in this movie. Um, I know she was in Batwoman, but I really think she did a good in this part of this movie playing Nakia. I really liked it. But when it was at the party, she came on him strong. I mean, I think his facial expression, that's why I think that Shamik Moore acted really good in this movie. Because his facial expression, everything he was reacting to and how he was reacting is exactly what I probably would have reacted. Or what any other boy would have reacted in that situation. I mean, he's a virgin. He's never did anything before. Um, he's never been to a party like this before. He never danced with a girl before. So he was, like, trying his best. He was trying. But you could tell how nervous, how innocent he really was. It wasn't like he had never done any of this stuff. And you see that on his face and the way he moves, and I just think that they captured that perfectly, the innocence this, um, that he has. But of course, this clothes get shot up. I mean, it was bound to happen. And Dom ends up going to jail, and Dom ends up putting the drugs, dope, and some a phone, and I think maybe some money, or gun, in the bag that um, Malcolm had with him. So that's how he ends up getting the dope. So... Before we get to that, I just got to say something. Malcolm is smart and ambitious. He's very arrogant, as they explain, and as his counselor explains. But he's not arrogant, is it? Like, he's terrible with it. He's arrogant because he knows he's smart. And he He's arrogant because people underestimate him. This boy asked that girl to prom. This man literally asked Nakia. I don't know how Nakia is. She got to get her GED, so she's not in high school. Or at least she's not in school. That boy asked her to prom straight up. Like, he was nervous. He was shy. But he came through. And I think the key is see that is the difference between him and Dom. Malcolm going to say what he needs to say. 
Dom may send someone else to say it, but Mal- Malcolm gonna say what needs to be said. I really mm-hmm. respect that about him. And so then after this, we get um, Dom end up calling him. He ends up someone calls the phone. Of course, he's scared, <laughs> nervous, and asks for the drug money. And then he gets ready to take it to him, and that's when Dom tells him, "No, don't do that. Do it. Take it to AJ instead." Um, so they send. So he goes to AJ's house, and you know you meet this other guy and his sister, Lily. Lily, Lily was a character. Um, Lily, Lily was different. She, she was. I am not, She was. She's a model in real life. Um, that scene with Lily, the most tempting I've really seen. Something like like that was very tempting. He didn't fold. Well, he kind of folded, but he still kept his eye on the ball. But. She also gets drugs named after her. That's very strange. That's very funny to me as well. But he went there and they recorded a song with this with one of the with the guy that they were supposed to meet. Which turns out it was the wrong guy. It was the guy's son that they had met. But they ended up recording the song. You know, really cool guy. And they end up going to get some cheese fries. Which you know, it's a little side story when um, Jib, Diggy, and the um, Lily's brother they all went to get cheese fries and live and. You know, of course, the drug guys who chased him before end up showing up asking, you know, where the money at, all that stuff. And, you know, altercation, shots got fired. They had to get out of there. But Dom, not Dom, but Malcolm almost lost his virginity to Lily. I mean, this man was, he was ready to give it up. I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand. Why, well, I understand why it didn't happen. She ended up throwing up on him and after she took some molly and went crazy but i mean that was that that was that was one of the most craziest scenes in the entire movie in my opinion but one of the one of the best scenes too um so yeah so so much so much is happening in this movie and eventually i think malcolm ended up going to meet with the Harvard alumni and it turns out it's the guy he was supposed to deliver the drugs to ain't that a coincidence something completely different so that's when he he ends up not giving him the drugs or whatever and he ends up deciding to sell it himself and exchange it for bitcoin I believe he got like 10,000 of it in cash and then sells it in bitcoin but they came up with a whole plan an entire plan on how to do it and Malcolm, of course, was the ringleader. Um, I think it's funny they had this guy, this white guy from camp, that they were um seeing. And he was trying to, he wanted to use the um, he wanted to use the pass because he felt that he earned it. Which you know they explain how you, you can't just earn it. That it ain't something you earn. It's literally something that black people have that black people used it was an offensive term back in the day that white people used to use against black people but I think they literally addressed that situation perfectly because the amount of times especially when I was in middle school and high school that white people thought that they were like really cool with you to the point where they could use that term if you were to use it but as you saw, Diggy was explaining, it don't matter how cool, how close you can be. She respects him. You can't just say it. Like, you can't you can't just assume that you can say it. And I think they handled that scene. That scene was very much needed, very much handled perfectly in that movie. 
Um, so of course, as we know, they're selling the the drugs now for money online on the black market. Honestly, I didn't I didn't think it was the best idea. Yeah, I mean, of course, I never would have did any of the stuff they did. I would have handled it completely different. My dumb self probably would have took the police. But hey, they sold it on the black market, and we also get a Rick Fox appearance. Did not expect that. I literally forgot the fact that he even had an appearance in this movie. I think he's like the principal, but yeah, Rick Fox shows up in the movie, and that really was something that they were literally in the lab taking the the, the um, drugs. And I think that's an important important scene in the movie. Literally, Malcolm is shaking as he's trying to dispense the drug into the weight to weigh it and then put it in the capsules. He literally could not do it with a steady hand because he he knows this is some deep stuff he knows that this is more that he can truly handle and i think it emphasizes his innocence and how this isn't necessarily something that he saw himself doing and not something he necessarily wanted to do but he's now thrown in a situation where he feels like this is the best thing to do and um also another scene is when them guys who jumped him for his shoes tries to jump him again and you know this time he has a gun and he's shaking the entire time he has the gun pulled at him once again, you know he's never did this before. They know he's never did this before. But the audacity he has to pull a gun on them, I think it's like eye-opening to everyone that was involved because that's when Malcolm and his friends were realizing they were in over their heads, especially when the um, drug dealers, the drug dog from the police force came and was trying to, they do the random drug test, not test, random drug search or whatever that they have in school and literally he would have the drugs on him and literally walk straight past the guards but because he's a geek once again using their geekness to their advantage because he's a geek no one truly expects him to have this stuff perfect way to use this so but I do think Malcolm starts to overthink and overcompensate for things because literally Nakia came to see him and she started like you know asking questions about the dope and everything because like she knows he's involved and of course he assumes that she's working for Dom and spying on him and he messes up um, he messes things up with old girl for the time which usually happens in these type of movies he messes it up for her with her but um, something I wrote down Malcolm has a high voice he doesn't have some low deep voice I think that's very important it shows how young he really is like a lot of movies use these older people, and I'm pretty sure Malcolm was older than he was in the movie, but I think it's important how a lot of movies use older people who are like in their 20s to play teenagers. They don't, they don't look like teenagers. You can tell they don't look like teenagers, but this movie, teenagers look like teenagers. Literally. Malcolm and all his friends look 17, 18. Look, look, literally look their age. And his voice matched his age as well. Like... I think the fact that his voice wasn't so deep and so manly, well, it wasn't, it was still manly, but I think that his voice being as high as it was and him being able to talk the way he did, important because he's very young in this movie. Like, I don't think people realize how how long, how young looking or how um, innocent a 17 year old can look. Like, I know myself, like I'm not 17 anymore, I'm older, but I know when I was 17, I was extremely skinny, extremely small. I'm different from being 17 to 19, from to be 20. So I think, like, them having that 
and showing how they actually look their age is important. Always important to a movie. Very important. So, we're going to get towards the end where there's a gun scene. Um, let me see. Which I already explained, but he ends up getting the girl at the end. After they finish selling all the drugs, he outsmarts the Harvard man. Of course. And he ends up giving him some of the money. Um, and, and he literally explains how he can't, like, the dude can't come for him because they're both from the same place and how they're all going to believe that they're all the same. And he really outsmarts him and breaks into his firewall because it's that simple. And I think that's important because Malcolm outsmarts Not only did he outsmart the drug dealer, he also outsmarted the drug lord. Literally never seen that before I mean usually those movie, movies like that don't be ending that good when drugs are involved and to the extent that they were in this movie but no one no one got killed no one was dead in this movie I mean people got shot no doubt but I don't think anyone just died in this movie which I really like um he didn't go, end up going to prom with Nakia I think she offers six flat tickets and they end up just chilling if they even chill but I also think the one of the most important thing is this movie outlays the theme like it literally outlays the theme at the end with Malcolm's monologue where he talks about his application to get into Harvard, his essay, he talks about how many people see him as a geek is he really in the wrong for doing what he did, does it, just because he sold dope online and sold a hundred thousand dollars worth, does that really make him a thug like the way society portrays him or is he just a kid who got caught in a situation that he had to handle I think that is so important because there are always two sides to every story, two perspectives or two plus perspectives. There's always different ways things can be interpreted. And he was trying to see, are you going to see him as societal norms and stereotypes? Or are you going to see him for the way things are? Because if you look at this on paper and you don't and pretend you didn't see this movie at all and didn't see how thing one thing led to another, how would you view Malcolm? Which is what he asked. How would you view him? If you didn't know everything that happened leading up to the movie, leading up to the end of the movie, how would you view him? Would you view him as innocent and a student? Or would you view him as a thug and he's um, naive? Because literally, regardless of how you view him, I still think that he handled things better than I would. Better than a lot of people would. Like, he was calm. Calmer than I've then I definitely would have been. I so you see how calm he is in this movie throughout this entire movie. He doesn't really get upset. Of course, it begins to get too much, but he doesn't get upset and stuff like that. And when his friends was like, "Hey, this is too much for us," instead of him getting mad, which I've seen in other movies where he's like, "Oh no, nah, you ain't down for me. You you don't want to ride with me. Um, when things get tough, you want to leave." Nah, he was understanding. He's like, "Yeah, you're right. I got us into this. It's t it's about time I get us out." I think that's very important. How. He didn't. He was mature enough to realize when his friends came to him, which you know I applaud his friends for letting him know, hey man, it's too much. His friends stuck with him all the time because they were always honest with each other. His friends let him know it was too much. He let his friends know he's sorry for getting them caught up in the situation. He handled it and got them out of it. And that's why I think that this movie is one of, it's definitely one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. But definitely me watching this in middle school when I was thirteen. It, it made me think so much at that time about how you can how self-awakening people can be once they decide do you yourself fit into these stereotypes because this wasn't just a matter of 
society putting stereotypes on him. It was a matter of finding that where do you fit within these stereotypes, if you fit within these stereotypes at all, because they defined who they were, and they accepted who they were, and they were themselves throughout this entire movie. They didn't fold. I mean, yeah, you could see the character development and the change, but they stayed true to themselves. They stayed true to what they liked. They stayed true to what they enjoyed, and they were able to go through this experience and I think that's one of the greatest things about this movie is you watch him go through something that is life changing.